I should have learned Kung Fu instead of ethics. What use is that? If I could fight, I might have stopped them. Ethics tells you what's right. What use is that when you're dealing with Mantu killers? Tell you what, we'll go and study martial arts. A Shaolin? You may think monks can't kill people, but even Buddha punished evil. This is spoilers. Yeah. Shun, <laughs> Clang. Why do you guys keep making clanging noises before and during the recording? What are you doing? It's burned into my head. Oh, welcome to Spoilers. This is Josh. I'm recording in Goshen, Indiana right now. Um, I'm having a pretty good night. Uh, I'm here with a bunch of my friends about to review the movie The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Okay, so why don't we go east to east? We'll start off with Brett. And why don't you guys go ahead and tell me just like a movie in theater you're really looking forward to? I have two, but so I'll just say two. Um... Typical. This is this is Brett from Fort Wayne. I'm a, a little sluggish tonight, so bear with me. Um, I'm looking forward to the Lighthouse and 1917, like a lot. Well, Tenet, but that's not like close. But so I named three. There you go. <laughs> wow. Turkey, and- <laughs> mashed potatoes, and rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, I think it's Mikey. Okay, so movies that will be coming out eventually. Yeah, I'm going to say the same as Brett. All of those movies sound pretty awesome. <laughs> Any one of those in particular you keyed in on at all? Uh, definitely Tenet. Uh, yep. There's suspicions that it's a sequel to Inception, which I would be stoked about. And Pappy, our all-the-way least most westest guy. Yep, this is Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. Uh, actually, just side note, I think this is the first time we've had this combination of spoiler men on a podcast so that's kind of exciting hey before and before you give me your uh movies you're looking forward to i just say right before the pod i called up brett he answered it first and um he had some dental issues today that we don't have to go deep into but like literally the first thing he said to me was uh i can hear my heartbeat in my ear right now from the drugs i'm on (laughs) from from the vicodin yeah yeah so if any of you doctors out there can diagnose that please send an email our way by the way, I, I should get some credit. I was going to do this pod after a double uh, root canal. That's just dedication. That's how much I love spoilers. So I didn't have to, though, because I didn't have it done, but I was going to. No, we're all very impressed. It's actually the 23rd chamber of Shaolin is to do a podcast <laughs> after the root canal. So that was pretty badass. But I'm going to go one that you guys didn't say. I'm actually pretty interested to see how Frozen 2 is. I've been really uh, disappointed with a bunch of, like, the Disney properties. We did a, podca- a podcast on Ralph Breaks the Internet, uh, which I wasn't a fan of. But I, I think this might be a good sequel. And uh, since everyone else is saying, too, maybe, was it The Rise of the Skywalker? What's the name of that Star oh, Wars movie? Oh, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars 9. I, we'll do a pod on it, and I'm going to see it, but that's about all I can say. Yeah. The final chapter. I'm pumped for Untitled Ryan Johnson Project. <laughs> 
Don't try to trigger me, Brett. Uh, trigger warning. Sorry, guys. I, I think know. that my like the lighthouse in that trailer is just seared into my head, and I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see that movie. I don't get to see as many movies in theaters as you guys do. Huh. Don't don't put me in there. I don't get to see it, like at all. Pap, you see the most between you and Mikey. Uh, I think Mikey actually sees more than me. Uh, I go like now. once a week, but I don't know. You guys might watch a lot more at home. I never watch anything at home anymore. Got to be the theater for Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see stuff that I don't own, so I just go out to the theater. Okay. Well, let's get into 36 Chamber of Shaolin, and I got to warn the listener, like, we're going to go through the plot and talk about our feelings and what we thought about this movie, but this is our first Kung Fu movie like this i think am i speaking out of turn there pappy uh no it definitely is the first uh kung fu well technically we have a couple of lost episodes uh we did uh what did we do we did it black dynamite oh it man and then black dynamite was also a kung fu movie but we had a lot of lost episodes and early spoilers (laughs) and i think we're arguing in the thread if the matrix counts as a kung fu movie just because keanu reeves learns it <laughs> that wasn't a clip. That was actually, I think, Mikey. But yeah, Keanu's right here. <laughs> All right. So getting into Thirty Six hey. Chamber, it's directed by uh, a guy with three names that I've looked up. Chi uh, <laughs> Liang Lu, okay, or it's Lao Kar Lung, but he's also known as Lu Chi Lang. Um, are <laughs> you like guys familiar one. with his work at all? Uh, no, no, and no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I do have a pretty crazy Shaw Brothers story, though. So back when I was in uh, Minnesota and drinking a lot more, I listened to those podcasts for for some fun content. But I was at a bar, and I was reading a book. It was like 1230 on a Saturday. And some guy came up to me, and he started, like, shooting the shit. And it was very weird. Like, he was, like, striking up this conversation. And he uh, he told me that he had a, a way of inventing time travel. So so he was kind of like one of those kind of guys. But then he gave me one of the, his Kung Fu DVDs that he had in his backpack, which was a Shaw Brothers DVD. So that's like my only entry into this space. <laughs> you still have it? Yeah, but I've never watched it. I'm afraid it's cursed. <laughs> but it holds the secret of time travel, Pat. It very well could, but... Or it's a snuff film. You don't know what you're going to pop into that DVD player. What if it's just primer and that's like his idea for time travel? He's like, watch this. That's my idea. It could be. Great yeah. movie. By the way, it looks like this guy did uh, Drunken Master 2, which I saw on a list of best kung fu movies of all time, it being number one. So this guy apparently has some pretty... And the this 36th Chamber was like ranked third, sixth, and like fifth. So it's like a really respected movie. And some of these movies like Drunken Master are some of the movies that if you wandered through the long household on any given evening as my dad's <laughs> falling to sleep, you might either see one of these on or John Wayne or something <laughs> or like black Western, and yeah. yeah. Mr. Long either watches Far Easterns or Far Westerns. <laughs> Nothing in between. <laughs> Okay. It's like Europe. What is Europe? Let's get into this plot a little bit before we lose everyone that tuned in just for the 36 Chamber. But, uh, Pappy, why don't you set us up here? Um, what is the first, like, cold open action scene in the movie? Yeah, and we've talked about this a lot. I would put this up there with uh, Drive and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as far as, like, best cold opens that we've had. 
um, wow. for a film but it's just like it's a there's a royal carriage like coming to town and an assassin is waiting and in the beginning I don't know if you, if you guys were in the same boat but I wasn't sure like who the bad guys were and who the good guys were same I was same. The, the beginning part was definitely the most confusing part for me well, it's extra confusing, too, because we had the talk about subs versus dubs, and this is only... I think we all watch it on Netflix with dubs, mm-hmm. but, but it's if, you so have the, weird. if you have the subtitles on, it's almost completely different from the spoken oh, dialogue. Way different. <laughs> it was, it's night and day difference. Like, there's one scene where he's like, I, I wish I knew Kung Fu, and the subtitles go, goes, it sucks to not know Kung Fu, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really disorienting and like I just moved in with my fiance so I was like trying to watch it quietly with the the subtitles and it just like was so disorienting but but back to this opening scene like I thought the assassin would be the bad guy but it turns out they're part of like La Resistance for uh, China and he smashes through like the, the carriage uh, that, that somebody was supposedly going to be in and he's not and then he, he basically gets his ass kicked by the big bad of, of the movie, uh, the final boss. A trap! So I think, not to correct you too early, Pap, but I think I just watched through the scene again today. I think in that carriage was supposed to be the prisoner and he was trying to free him oh and then he was gonna like fight with him out <laughs> interesting well uh, tactic to uh destroy the carriage that he was <laughs> <laughs> supposedly gonna be in i definitely i definitely believe you but i just uh it's just weird i feel like i remember the guy like when he laughs at him he's like he's not even here yet like you thought he'd be here but he i, I but i believe you i i thought it was there was a, like a ploy to mm-hmm. get him to try to kill this guy, but I, I believe you. I'm with you. And ultimately, it's pretty inconsequential. Like, right. I, I mean, the the plot doesn't really matter. Even from this opening scene, though, like this movie is so visually striking. It's so colorful. Mm-hmm. It's so like immersive. And what I don't even know, like what time period of China this is supposed to be. That's how ignorant I am. But it takes me there. I'm I'm in it from the opening shot. Mm-hmm. And Mikey, I love going to you for practical effects stuff. And I think this jump off the building is kind of the first entry there. So I guess what did you think about our first <laughs> fight scene and the effects in general throughout the movie? Uh, I know I just made fun of that little stunt there. Uh, but it was it actually uh, surprised me at first because it's a pretty big jump. And that's kind of like the very first bit of action we see. And... Uh, it's all real. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, like padded mat or anything that he's landing on. He's like crashing through this carriage thing and then landing on the ground. And then uh, he can has we a insert really... the audio from Mankind <laughs> from the cell, Hell in the Cell? Yeah, and then after that, he has a really amazing uh, fight scene. Uh, there's the chore- choreography. Choreography is so good. This movie is yeah, really, really good. Yeah, and I think some of the better fight scenes are still to come, but this one's pretty epic. I mean, there's like probably 100 fighters, I would say. And Pappy, you started us on this cold open. What's what's the final outcome here for the hero trying to bust out of all these soldiers? Oh, man, he gets like hung up by some chains, basically. Like, uh, we don't really see that part, but but we, a group of students like stumbles across him later. And he's being suspended from these chains, and he's like bleeding out. It's it's actually pretty, pretty violent. And and, and one of the students happens to say, 
at least in, in one of the versions, the subs or the dubs, like he was a hero or something that's, like that. That's the main character. Yeah, yep, exactly. San, Santi or Sandy. With hair at this point. And yeah. again, excuse my ignorance, but I didn't realize it was the same guy from the opening <laughs> montage at that point in the movie. So. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't but, know who uh, the well, main character the was. The thing either. is, all of these guys are really shaved bald and then they all have these really goofy looking wigs on yeah. and then uh, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys are playing two roles so it's like really hard to like keep track of who's who because I'm sure they're yeah. short people so they're just putting on the wig and taking off the wig to play these different roles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, Pat, Pat just that I don't know to help out this guy is based off a real guy I mean Santee or whatever and he mm-hmm. lived in the early 1700s if that gives you a time frame Okay. Yeah, it's I'm actually a real guy. It's just a fictional story Sante about this guy. Is our main character for the film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And La Resistance is rebelling against the Manchu. Yeah, the Manchu or the Tartars. Mm-hmm. One more thing I wanted to just hit on in the cold open is we get our first taste of one of the camera effects, in camera effects they use throughout the film, and it's uh, just a really huge push zoom, and. If you guys remember from a few episodes back, Darjeeling Limited, Wes Anderson seems to employ this effect sometimes. Did did you guys like that effect? I mean, it's pretty prevalent in this film overall. Uh, Tarantino does that a lot, too. It's kind of like a spaghetti western kind of shot, sort of, just zooming in on the protagonist or something. Okay, I was going to ask you to explain it to me for layman, but I guess that pretty much explains it. Yeah, you just start out on a huge wide shot, and the camera kind of pushes and pushes. Sometimes it's not even the like smoothest push and pan. When Tarantino does it, it's really fast, and then there's like a, a crack of a whip at a sound when he does it or something. So. <laughs> well, was he dead yet? Hey, just look at all that blood. Of course he's dead. He was a hero. What was that, huh? That kind of brings us into our main plot here. Can you fill us in, mm-hmm. fill the viewer in who hasn't seen this before, like the students and what what's going on in this town? Yeah, so it's a, a tyrannical, I mean, it's very simple. They're a tyrannical, oppressive government. Uh, you can't think for yourself. You can't, you have to do what they say. You can't speak out. Hello, I Democratic mean, Party. Let's just, <laughs> yeah, either way. Um, I thought you would love that. I do love it. I just don't want to get into that. I'm, I'm already going to be killed for my my thoughts on Darjeeling. I'm just kind of like trying to back into the shadows right now. Um, so uh, they they find out that their teacher is like part of, as Pappy said, La Resistance, which is Chinese for the resistance. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Excuse me, Mandarin. <laughs> and um, so they want to help. The three, these three guys, uh, the main character is one of them. So they become like little uh, messenger spies. And uh, since the main character's dad delivers fish, he's a fisherman, they use his dad's fish to smuggle in messages back and forth. As you see in the movie, if any of them are caught, like even a little bit or even somewhat suspected, they get put to death. I mean, it's kind of a lot like early 1900s to 1950s Russia. I mean, like, the Soviet Union, they just put you to death. Once they find out the teacher's part of it, they like they basically go, like, uh, 
murdering uh, students. I forget. Yeah, I forget what the biblical reference is, but yeah, killing all the all of the people who are students just just to try and catch any spies in the yep. process. Kill the younglings. Yeah, kill the women the and the children yeah. too. Yeah, I saw one review call that they liquidated the school. Which is <laughs> oh jeez, they pretty did, pretty much did. But I wondered what you guys thought about how the movie kind of balances that super dark thought, but it doesn't feel. I mean, it's not like you're watching the movie Silence or something like that. Like, how does this movie like accomplish that? Because I think it kind of gets the best of both worlds. It stays fun, but it still sets the stakes really high, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, mo- it moves really quickly too. I think through like all of this part, like it doesn't linger on like showing piles of dead students necessarily. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like explained in either the subs or the dubs in very different ways, depending on <laughs> how you're watching mm-hmm. it. Was that Ducky Sucker that had like a six minute pan of dead bodies in a cave? <laughs> <laughs> either that or the torture porn we watched, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, oh, great movie. It was a good movie. One of the strong parts of this movie in not knowing that the main character was the guy from like the pre credit scene and that like he's the guy with this wig on and he's a student, like I was kind of caught off guard when this like trio of students started dying one by one. One of them actually commits uh, that thing where you stab yourself, Sudoku. Um, Hari Harikara, but I don't think that's what he seppuku, did. or seppuku. That's Japanese anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I don't know the Chinese equivalent, Josh. I can't. But he either. stabs the sword into him like sideways, horizontal. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like the most painful way he could do it. Yeah, like putting bread in a toaster, kind of. <laughs> and he's. Not very efficient. He has to take a couple whacks <laughs> like, at it. I think he jumps on the table with the sword like in his chest or something. Just actually kind of horrifying. Seppuku. Someone was close. Mikey, you were close, I feel like. Seppuku. Zuduku. That's mm-hmm. Japanese, though. How's the other guy die? He just gets caught, right? We see him die off screen, or he just dies off screen. He yeah. says something pretty funny. He says uh, something like... Uh, Got the horse! <laughs> yeah, he's... I, he says something like, well, I guess you're on your own now, old friend, or something, as he's about to get murdered off screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my friend, I hope you make it. It was almost for comedic effect. and I, I have a feeling that the dubs version of this is probably just a lot goofier than if you're watching the original version. But, Mikey, why don't you take us from there? Because our the main character, San- Sante... I hope I'm saying that right. He's he's on his own now, so what what happens to him? Yeah, after uh, his friend just got caught there, he steals a horse, and he ends up getting his leg slashed uh, by a guy with a sword uh, who ended up catching up with him and just takes a swipe at his leg, and he's got a big old gash. And uh, then he, uh, what, he rides off uh, to a town, and he ditches the horse, and he's kind of just walking, and he ends up uh, at, a, at a little shop or something and asks for water. And does he know about the Shaolin guys now? Is he asking where to go? Him and his buddy were going to Shaolin to learn Kung Fu because they said that if they if all these people would have known Kung Fu, then maybe they wouldn't have died. So that's why they're going that way. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Is that kind of like if we all would have AK-47s and like yes. our government can't oppress us anymore sort of thing? Pretty much. <laughs> But uh, just 300 years ago instead. We have to take the long trek up to Walmart. 
I've never seen a gun at Walmart. People are like, really? I've never seen one. Huh. It's in the sporting goods <laughs> section. You got to get back to that. I guess so. I just found this scene utterly hilarious. Like, he has this wound that seems to fester really badly. He's got this bad wig on. His clothes are all tattered. <laughs> He's, like, crutching around. And at one point, he they just show him on screen, like, down two or three bowls of water because he's like so thirsty and it's really like chintzy too there's like this character he meets that like gives him the water and tells him where to go and they're like really good buddies i guess in that like 10 minute span um so much to the fact that he he actually gets into the shaolin temple from the help of this uh, i think he's like a shop owner or like restaurant little trojan owner. horse <laughs> he's got a little trojan horse he like hid in the, the food or something <laughs> Yeah, and he hides in the food that the temp. Uh, so like a bunch of monks come down to town and they go to the market, get a bunch of food. He hides in this basket, and Pappy. I, there's no doubt that this was portions of this movie were definitely meant to be comedic, right? Like when these guys are lifting him up and they're like, "What's so heavy in here?" Oh, absolutely! Like they have no idea. Like, like it, they just think they got some like extra thick rice that day or something. <laughs> and, and like the, the 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 teacher monk is like, put some extra strength into it. And so they're, they're literally carrying like an extra man up the mountain. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so silly, but it's great. So what happens from there, Pap? Take us, move us on forward in the plot. Okay, so he uh, rides up the mountain, and I think he kind of, like, blacks out during this journey, and he wakes up. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't know he's blacked out. They just, like, tip over the pot, and he just <laughs> falls out, passed out. <laughs> yeah, he ruins a whole a whole basket of precious food, bleeding <laughs> out all over it. Who's he? Yeah, and as we come to learn later from one of the temples, like food is definitely a commodity. So those monks are pissed. I guarantee you <laughs> at that. Like, but he he wakes up a couple days later. Ten and he, days, I think. Yeah, ten days later, and uh, he he goes kind of before this council of of monks. And again, it's a really beautiful beautiful shot like the the Shaolin monks are all in like yellow the temple is like red there's just like this great use of color in every frame and like he's basically pleading his case so he can learn kung fu um and we meet the the second in com- is he the second in command guy or he's yeah, like a high I ranking got, I got so confused with who was in charge because they talked to every like diff- a bunch of different guys like they were in charge but who knows? There's there's basically like the headmaster to Pap's point, and then there's kind of the second guy in charge. So Pap, what do you think of those two guys here right off the bat? Well, I really love both them as as characters. Actually, I mean, maybe maybe the second in command can sometimes be uh, a little one dimensional. Like I think it's a little bit ridiculous later on when he's like <laughs> makes him fight him over and over and over again. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, basically the kind of the dynamic between them is the second in command seems more uh, traditional and the the head monk uh, is a very wise guy and he's definitely like more open to uh, having an outsider come in and even says something to the effect of like he's kind of coming in the same way who the guy who founded the Shaolin monks came in. So it's almost like 
prophetic, like in a, in a Neo type way. He's the one. Ooh. I just absolutely love where this movie goes in the next act. And it, um, I wanted, before we got into this act and actual chambers of Shaolin, I wanted to mention my friend Javi highly recommended this movie specifically for us to put on spoilers. And as he just started to describe like the chamber just to like start the chambers and they have to like Mm. get in the door, like just him talking about that had me absolutely hooked. I got to say shout out to Javi. Hope you're listening to this one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think pretty much from there, the master is like, <clears throat> you made it all the way here on like a broken leg and it, the prof- prophetic thing, kind of like Pappy said, you're the one. Since you made it to us, that means that Buddha favors your cause, your hopes. Brother Abbott, you can't, he must go. When he arrived here, he was very ill, in a coma, not likely to live. And yet, in a matter of ten days, his body is fully recovered. The Lord Damo came here also, through the same sort of strength and perseverance. And through that strength, founded Shaolin and made it what it is. Well, brothers, tell me, does he stay here? Yes, Chief Abbott, he should stay. And you can pick whatever chamber you want to start in. Brett, do you remember which one he Wait, picked? sorry, not to interrupt. He has to clean for a year. And it's reminding <laughs> me of karate. Yeah, that kid. happened so fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, a year? <laughs> a whole year. And then it's but like, it's, oh, now you can do whatever you want. It's so classic <laughs> well, because they just cut to him sweeping. And they're like, how long have you been sweeping? One year. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I, I, I've only been sweeping for a year. I want to lose, learn kung fu. And the guy's like... Oh, all I had to do is ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's like almost literally what he said. But yeah, so put yourself out there. Yep. So he chooses, I believe, the thirty-fifth chamber, and he walks up to the old abbot, and I think the old abbot hadukins him um, down the stairs. Which is that like the only thing you can think of where it's like super not based in reality? Well, I mean. To he set like up that chamber a little him. more, because I want to... These are like the juiciest details I think there are in the whole film. Well, they're all banging on these little red things. They're all kind of like singing, and they're kind of following what the head abbot's doing. But Right, so they're actually reading Buddhist sutras, and they're like going by... They're not reading, they're going by memory. So I think there's even a part where like the headmaster like tells one guy he's like fucking up and he points and he has to go to like back of the line and seemingly like he just lost a huge bit of prestige because he couldn't remember like one of the sutras hmm. well this so is a moment no too longer, where he's no longer a first chair gourd guy <laughs> <laughs> well that was oh, another man. moment too where the subs were way different from the dubs cause like in the, su- in the, in the dubs he's just like die and in the subs it says like something completely like different it's like a sentence it's like wait a second what? <laughs> so do you guys get a sense just to hit on that one more time do you guys think that the subs are more true to like the original script basically and like the dubs are more what kind of fits their mouth and maybe I don't know I, dude I could not I, I just didn't get why they didn't match up I, I don't know I 
I'm bowing out of this. I It seemed like sometimes the dubs were more accurate and sometimes the subs were, so I have no clue. Mm-hmm. My only guess would be that, like, we all watch this on Netflix, I'm assuming. It's on Netflix if you, the listener, want to watch this too. But I, I was guessing that maybe the, the subtitles were from Netflix or at least seemed to come later, and the ah. dubs just felt like... I'm sure, mm. like, this movie must have come over, like, in the early 80s or something, like... At that point, I'm sure there was some kind of way to listen to it. And I feel like that felt like an original track. Uh, but I don't know for sure. Hmm. I My brain like got used to the two slightly different messaging systems. And same. I ended up really enjoying it. And I definitely, just in my head canon, always thought the subs were like more of the truth of it. So, I don't know. Anyway, this first chamber that he chooses... I think it's like the top one. He's such like an overachiever. He's like, I'm going to start at like the hardest one. And like Brett said, the headmaster of that chamber force pushes him back. Master, teach me Kung Fu. And I love that part. And it's also so weird that they never come back to that. Yeah, I was waiting for it. Me too. Like in that final fight Mm -hmm. when they're kind of throwing some callbacks out, I thought somehow it'd come up but it did not he gets kicked out of that chamber and moves so he gets sent to basically the opening chamber and mikey this is the this is the scene just told to me through oral tradition of friend to friend made me want to see this movie so bad can you set up for our listener what (laughs) main character has to do to even like I don't know, kind of enter these set of challenges. <laughs> uh, this is the logs, right? <laughs> to get food. Yeah. This is, is it uh, just to get food. I kind of just to get, the, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is just to get Lunchables uh, during break time. <laughs> and there's, there's literally like two, two alleyways side by side separated by a concrete wall. And one of them, one uh, lane is like for already established buddhist monks like already fully trained guys and then the other lane is uh for the newbies and the newbies have to run across uh there's a gap filled with water and there's like two rolling logs or whatever and they have to (laughs) they have to hop skip over them pretty gracefully and uh get to the other side without getting wet and if they get wet then they have to stay outside and dry off until they're completely dry and then they can go inside and eat. But by that time, all the food is gone. There's nowhere to sit. And it's uh, pretty much just a waste of time because you've wasted all your time getting dry. Everybody else is done eating. Which how classic just- is that scene with the pan around and he's going to each like bin to see if there's any yeah. rice left. <laughs> It's just so silly because, like, the top chamber is like this holy monastery of Buddhist prayer, and then literally the thirty or this chamber right below it is a fucking cafeteria. Like, it's just (laughs) (laughs) like where everybody has to go. Like, it's not even like a a challenge. (laughs) It's it's a pretty cool like little uh, set design though, of just like the two parallels of the established monks and then the newbies trying to get through this trial and then it leads up into this cool little like yeah this like cafeteria and then that leads up to like 
where the the monks eat and he tries to go up there and get some rice and he gets it smacked out of his hand but it lands perfectly in the master's bowl when he smacks it out of his hand that's so awesome and he tries to do it again and it happens again immediately which kind of sets up a theme for the movie that and the force push we've seen like the main character is kind of trying to cheat a little bit at one point he tries to climb over the wall and go on like the established monk side where they can just walk across normally and he gets like bitch slapped back to the walk side (laughs) um but pappy how does this scene progress then because i i feel like they spend the most time on this chamber out of all of them yeah it definitely feels like they do um i think it's it just kind of cuts to he he does make it across right or like he does some like training and he's able to make it across doing this like he like folds his left leg like as like a jump rope kind of and like just like launches <laughs> across. Like, this is a classic breakdance move. <laughs> it is. I think they focused the most on this one because they leg. wanted to show that he was a natural at this. Mm-hmm. It's and very much also, like that, that guy who oh, just changed his form on the high jump where all of a sudden like you just change the way you do the high jump and all of a sudden everyone's better at jumping. <laughs> it's like he just uh, found a new fast, way to do it. Fast berry? Yeah. <laughs> Fosberry flop. I'm not. I'm never good at this stuff, but I'm quite certain that I caught this guy recycling a, a shot from a different angle. Did anybody else notice that? Oh, I didn't. They. One of the guys who you know is good at crossing the, the logs. He almost bites it and almost falls, but they act like nothing happened. And then in the one where right before he makes it over the main guy, they show it from behind the the moat and. It's the same guy, like almost bites it going over the thing. So I thought we said we weren't gonna deep dive, man. <laughs> well, dude, if I catch something like that, I need to bring it up because you know I'm terrible at the technical stuff. So <laughs> what about when he's uh, when he's training on his own, like at night, and then he keeps getting all the way across and getting to the edge, and then keeps falling. <laughs> I hate <laughs> he's like, it. Li- I hate all he has that. to do is literally fall forward and he'd be dry but he keeps falling into the pool that was one of the only few things that i did not like i thought it was just way too corny i loved it and they showed it like six different times and i can't imagine how beat up this actor was like oh i know that, that's pretty brutal i don't or they just recycled the shot i don't think so and i also don't think that they had like stunt doubles i think these people were yeah it looked doing like they were this. really getting beat up and stuff or not beat up just like at least banging their knees on stuff all over the place yeah. have you ever like messed around the edge of a pool could you imagine oh, slipping no you did it consistently like 10 times in a row that was terrifying so pappy he like you said he conquers this chamber you think right but then one of the masters comes in and makes it even harder right well yeah i didn't know like what happened there because it, it he's able to do it like i said with the 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 boogie jump but then like the next day all of the sticks are like broken and no one can get across and like is this the right part right and then like yeah yeah and he's he's like practicing and practicing and practicing and like even to the point where he's like doing it in his sleep and one of the masters like uses some bulls as an example and he just like freaking slams one into the water and it sinks to the bottom and he skips one across and that's kind of like you got to be like the bull, like in motion. Strength is speed or, some, or How something. How awesome like that. was it when you skipped that bull? I freaking loved it. Like the wooden pieces. It depends on pressure. 
I kept it moving. Fast, balanced, light. That is the secret. So, balance your movements. Pretty, pretty fucking badass. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Yeah, I also, I'm so glad you, I would have totally forgotten it, but when he's like kicking his feet around in his sleep. <laughs> Remind me of like my dog or my cat, like when they're having a dream. Night terrors. Yeah. So the task basically gets made impossible because there's just a bunch of floating sticks now. There's not like two <laughs> logs. And eventually Sante learns that he can kind of like, use one of them to like fulcrum himself and like uses that skip metaphor with the bowl simultaneously and gets across. Is that the best way to describe it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he goes faster. Yeah. <laughs> Fast he hydroplanes way. over the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't know well, why he goes through all the trouble when he could probably just jump Probably pretty far, dude. And just use NOS. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> they show yeah. him jumping like six feet in the air. I'm pretty sure he could have uh, jumped over that. But why does he simply point, not? I guess. Why does he simply not grind the wall right next to him? <laughs> <laughs> so he accomplishes the impossible task. He gets across on the floating sticks, and this is the I think the first time that you see one of his instructors just straight beaming at him with like the cheesiest grin like they love this dude when he accomplishes these feats so Mm -hmm. he's going to the third chamber now um and this chamber is about arm strength and buckets and water brett uh what is this chamber all about well first of all i asked Brittany, is this was the water thing just for this chamber or was it like did it serve a purpose were they washing clothes? That's what Brittany thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I they couldn't tell. Clothes, there sure. seemed to be something mechanical about having to keep the water flowing or else you'd mess something up. Okay. They were so, wa- oh, sorry. It, they were washing clothes, but excuse my ignorance again of 18th century Japan. Washing clothes is just beating their shirts with a stick <laughs> in the water. <laughs> S- smacking it on the ground. I'm 18th sure. century China. China's people were sorry. very sorry. China, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Brett. Uh, but basically, he's got to take two water buckets and hold his arms out tight to get his arms really uh, strong. And he struggles the first time, but like almost literally by the time he gets to the top, like the second time, he's already mastered it. Are you not going to mention the knives tied around yeah, the, his biceps? The sick-ass oh, yeah, yeah, blades yeah. on his biceps? You know what? I wasn't even sure if that's what those were, but now it makes sense. This so, is like Kevin yeah. Spacey from Seven shit. Like, what are they doing <laughs> to these guys? <laughs> well, yeah, they want them to keep the arms up in the air so they have knives tied around their biceps or whatever they are. So if they bring the buckets down, they get stabbed, which with no, with no medical uh, attention, penalty. you'd probably die pretty quickly, but whatever. So he masters that, and he starts to help people, and then the kind of the head abbot of this chamber kind of tricks you at the end. He's like, "I told you not to help anybody. You, uh, you broke the rules." And then he's like, "You can go on to the next chamber." And you're like, "Oh, got you." So uh, he goes on to the next chamber. Is this the one where he goes to the CTE chamber, or is that? A different one? <laughs> That's later. Well, hold, the same hold, thing written hold down. on, hold on. God damn it. I, 
Javi, uh, the guy who recommended this movie to me, he's a, th- a filmographer. He won the Princess Grace Award. He just knows a lot about movies, and he told me that this is like this movie is one of the originators of the montage. And I think this chamber, especially when he goes from like super weak, can't hold the buckets to like these buckets are nothing and I'm like saving every guy around me. Yeah. Like, and he's like awesome. running in between like bucket trips too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I love that part though. Can can you guys picture Brett, that being common? Do you appreciate these montages? Yeah. I mean, it's not Ghostbusters good, but you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> no, I, I do. I. It's a lot more, there's a lot more meat yeah. to these montages. So, I mean, I can see what Josh is saying, or what the guy Javi's saying, is that it's like the forefather mm-hmm. of a montage, even though it's not ex- like exactly like a montage. So, yeah, they're kind of cool. Approve. They're like uh, little uh, vignettes. There's like what five of them, and they're just like little stories inside the movie. So it's right. kind of cool to see. And it's just like it's such a testament to like the visual storytelling too, because like we said, like it was really hard to follow the dialogue for for one reason or another, but like. It's just immediately clear what they're doing. You know what I mean? Knives on your elbows, carrying buckets, the water. Mm-hmm. It's just conceptually really cool and simple and good movie, Ian, frankly. And something kind of weird that I notice is that first chamber with the the logs and they're like trying to just get in the door, so to speak. It's the longest and they just ramp up in speed and get faster and faster. It just feels like no time wasted. So... We just finished the bucket water arm strength. The fourth chamber is... Ice bucket challenge. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, ice bucket challenge. Nice. The fourth chamber is the wrist strength. I think this might have been the part in the movie where I started giggling uncontrollably quite a bit. But Peppy... It's, this scene's pretty ridiculous. Peppy, can you set up the fourth chamber? Eddie? Okay, yeah. So the way these guys strengthen their wrists is there's like a big bamboo stick and like a rock at the end and it's like at least 10 feet long or something I think it's one, 12 yeah 12 and like one point he tells him like choke up on it because he's not doing good enough but doesn't it's he another do some one math of, too and say like yeah it's a thousand pounds at the end it's only like 10 pounds at the front or something like that yeah yeah and so like what he has to do is he has to strike this giant gong uh, to the rhythm that is master striking kind of like one of those red things that we saw at the top chamber too so it's like really impossible like Brett was saying and not only that like when you look behind him as he's doing it there's just this line of other students with their wrists like straight bandaged up like holding <laughs> their wrists because it, it yeah, they show it off. his they show his wrist and it's like deep Bruised. purple yeah <laughs> but it's really cool again like you were saying Josh like the montage like they show him like go until failure and they show like like i said those row of other students and then like when he hits the turning point and he's like banging it in rhythm with the the headmaster it's super like triumphant like everything about it is like motivational and and, like sweet and like the headmaster just keeps going faster and faster and faster and like his stance doesn't waver and he's like just barely moving his wrist just enough to like keep the like the momentum of the rock going it's it's cool it's He's really also cool. changing stances every once in a while because yeah. like a wrist or like a one stance will get kind of worn out. And mm-hmm. something about like the look on his face of like shock 
as the master keeps going faster and faster and he keeps up with them it's so when like, he, so joyful yeah when he switches it up and goes fakey the master just loses his shit <laughs> yeah. he loves it that's for all the skateboarder uh, <laughs> snowboarder whatever people out there if i didn't know this movie was made in the 70s i thought it looked like cgi did anybody, i mean i'm guessing they had like strings or something cuz it looked ridiculous i thought it, it was a string yeah because it looked so goofy it was so it was bouncing all over the place it wasn't like yeah. in any sort of uh consistent <laughs> line or whatever but, it was like a pool noodle those little noodles i mean it looked crazy i'm choosing to believe in this era of you know that movie with jackie chan called police story where a guy like broke his neck on camera and they just kept the shot anyway like Oof. I think these what? guys were doing Yikes. this stuff. I've never heard of that. First of all, sorry, it's a deep cut. Uh, yeah, it's let's move on to the awful. fifth chamber. <laughs> so he goes incredibly fast at the end, like when they're he's knocking with his wrists. Like I don't know if he's keeping time with them anymore, but it's just like completely, utterly fast hitting the chimes again. The headmaster loves him. <laughs> sends him on to the next chamber and that chamber is all about getting stars in your eyes uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mikey this is I don't know fill us in on the vision quest <laughs> jukebox hero the man who wants to fight he must have perfect eyes now you watch the light uh yeah, this is literally a vision quest. He <laughs> nice. is taken to a dark room and there's one guy in there and he's standing next to just this this thing that rocks back and forth and it has a, a candle or like a reflecting mirror on top. I think both actually on top just to get some light out there. And his uh, objective is to just watch the reflection uh, swing back and forth. Uh, but he's also standing in between two, like, hot, pointy ends of a stick. His head is in between two <laughs> hot, pointy ends of a stick, and he can't turn his head. He has to just uh, move his eyes back and forth, which doesn't seem like a hard challenge at all and should be pretty easy to master. Uh, but he does end up burning himself uh, a couple times but i don't exactly know what he's supposed to be learning here <laughs> just he's just testing his reflexes or just honing his reflexes or something isn't he eventually supposed to stop moving his eyes too at the end i don't know i mean it comes into play later when those guys are throwing those like ninja stars and he sees the mm. again ah. and he like ducks oh and, like, so he's just looking for the yeah so he's just looking for the light yeah that's true well, it was really bothering me, too, because, like, it seemed like the candle was going from side to side, but he was, like, looking further than that to the side. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, it would like move looking to the, beyond where the... Yeah, like, he's just move, he's just up. looking, ex, his eyes are going extremely to the left and to the right, and the candle's, like, kind of in the middle of his vision. I don't know. But just yeah, okay. he's like far enough away where it's like you don't have to move your eyes to see where that thing is rocking back and forth. Not it's that like so crazily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no way you need to turn your head. 
It doesn't sound that hard, but he's also not blinking. So I would encourage like a, a spoiler, spoiler man here on the podcast and you driving your car at home, open your eyes really wide and just move them <laughs> back and forth, left and right, as far as you can. And like do it for as long as you can and see what happens. It's way more challenging like than you would think. I'm doing it right now. Like I'm, I'm shaking my head a little bit. It's really tough. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying it. It hurts. It strains your eyes pretty bad. So what are your memories of this? How does he how does he conquer this fifth chamber? He starts kicking the crap out of these mirrors, right? Or is that a different one? That's like the second half of this. He can't he I guess beats that level and then he moves on to the next <laughs> level of fighting uh any post that has the reflection, so he does the same thing, and he's standing in the middle of all these posts that have mirrors on them, and then anyone that reflects, he just punches, and I guess he punches enough uh, pillars with reflections that he, he moves on. Yeah, he gets a perfect score. Like, the, didn't the guy say it's the <laughs> best I've ever seen? I love the use of, like technology here with these pillars like twisting and turning and moving upside down like <laughs> just like pyrotechnics or how is this happening he's in the first VR uh, <laughs> <laughs> VR game basically so yeah he gets like a perfect score arcade game noises <laughs> happen and he moves on to the sixth <laughs> chamber and this is Brett, what did you call this one? This is the head headbutting one. The CTE chamber. <laughs> yeah. This is the most unrealistic one to me. I thought for sure that he was gonna eventually to pass it. He was gonna headbutt one of the bags so hard it exploded. <laughs> and I was really, I was really disappointed that he didn't. I was waiting for it. But There's it, no way they could pull that off without blowing up that guy's head in real life. There's no way they could pull off that stunt. It's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Because they'd have to have a little explosion in there, and yeah, it'd blow his face off. Well, fill uh, us in, too, on what the headmaster looks like. No pun intended. Don't drop your head. Stand up. Now keep your head quite firmly upright, huh? And hands behind his back. What did he look like? I don't remember. They, uh... He had these really weird eyebrows, right? <laughs> he had some on his face. Dude, he had some like, huge Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> his head was all, like, calloused and red. And he'd been he'd obviously been headbutting bags for 40 years because he his head was just, like, scarred and just ridiculous looking. He looked like a little bit like Chunk or – no, what's the guy's name from Goonies? Got a head infection. <laughs> All the headmasters of these chambers are seemingly just complete expert professionals on, like, this one part of their body or this one skill. So, like, having the headmaster have, like, just this fucked up head, it's just, I don't know, so funny and, like, perfect to me. Even if it's unrealistic, it, I felt like it worked in the context of the film. Get up! Teacher, I... What's wrong with you? Come on, then. Get up with you. Now, hurry, go on. I love that uh, 
when he's going through this trial and he's like basically laying on the ground concussed the the headmaster or whatever has this like stick with a silver hand on it and he's just slapping the hell out of him <laughs> like just huge get asshole. up dude he, <laughs> get yeah, up. he gets wrong with you? he gets a super big concussion and the coach is like you need to get back in the game and Get in the huddle right now. Yeah. Can and he play? We, we need you, Julian Edelman. But I love. The, <laughs> oh my gosh! I love the fact that like he's had to slap so many dudes awake. He's like, I dude, I just need to make a tool in the shape of a hand to slap people awake. It's like, like steel. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's so funny. Great detail. I can't even begin to describe how much I was just belly laughing as everyone was just getting slowly knocked out pushing their heads against these like big blocks of cement but eventually of course um our hero starts to overcome this and i think this is the last like two-part chamber that we even see but pappy what does he do to really conquer this one um there's some well doesn't he have to like put a stick like an incense stick on the altar is that it or is that the end of it? Yeah, or- he's got to go light it. And, like, he, he doesn't want to do it. And then he's motivated by the fact that I just read it. This is, like, the last conditioning chamber. Then after he passes this one, he can start working on techniques or they say with the dubs, boxing and sword fighting. And that's what he really wants. Right. But so like- he just gets up and just headbutts mm-hmm. the crap all the way through and then lights the incense. Exactly. Or actually, it just looks like he just grabs it. Well, like, like we were saying before, like, each one of these, like, chambers ends in like him being super triumphant and he's like sprinting mm-hmm. through the end just like literally like erasing his memories for years to come <laughs> pounding away on these things just head first into all these sandbags but it's so ironic there's like one shot where he's like he's in like the in between part of the montage where he hasn't quite mastered it but he's like halfway through and he gets this inspiration by like looking at buddha to like smash his head against these sandbags harder. <laughs> I don't know, like watching this in 2019, I don't know. Don't you guys think there's probably some underlying, actually serious themes here? Or is this just supposed Maybe. to be straight fun? I, I don't know. I don't think it's supposed to be straight fun, but I don't know how serious a thing headbutting is. I think, it, I don't know. Well, at this point in the movie, I'm going to be honest, I totally forgot that we were dealing with, like, a fascist government at this point, because we've been in the montage game for Mm -hmm. about 45 minutes at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't leave a lot of time, either. I I said to Brittany, I go, are they going to show, like, an eight-minute scene of every chamber of him not doing well? (laughs) Because they're not going to leave enough time for the whole ending, where he's got to overthrow the fascist government. I mean... But I mean, they they went through the last four chambers like in like two seconds. So yeah, you don't see all thirty-five chambers. Yeah, it, that was one of the most disappointing parts to me about this movie. Like, I was so giddy and happy watching these chambers that uh, as they got faster and then eventually skipped some, I was kind of pissed off about that. It's like Sufjan Stevens. It's like Sufjan Stevens saying he's going to do all the states and doing two, yeah. two. Um. <laughs> It's just kind of like Game of Thrones writers, you know? They just skipped. I don't think they wanted to write 35 Chambers. <laughs> well, it reminded me a lot of, like, Split, too, where, like, uh, what's-his-name supposed to have, like, 35 personalities and you only see, like, 10? Like, why are you throwing out a number and only giving us a subset? Yeah. Like, it doesn't... I don't get that. 
Mm-hmm. So, as we we'll start to move by these faster. So I'll combine the seventh and eighth here. So this is like the like no weapons in your hand hand fighting scene. Um, it's really cool and smooth and fast, and there's like this close range fist fighting. Does that remind you guys of any movies you've seen? Because it's pretty sweet. Mm, Matrix. Team America World Police. <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle? Maybe. Never seen it. Yeah. Can I tell you what it doesn't remind me of? Is yes. the MCU. Because all of these shots and all of these choreography sequences are long, long takes, like you said. Smooth. Not like 40 cuts. The camera will move mm-hmm. around. We'll see mm-hmm. different aspects <laughs> of the set like, in, between a, in, in, in between the shots. Like, it's... It's so much cleaner than like and more more difficult to do than action that we see today. It's like like you said, Brett, mm-hmm. like forty different shots of like yep. cap fighting Thanos, like boom, 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 cut, 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 cut. It's not that at all. It's definitely a lot cleaner too. It they definitely look like they're dancing compared to yeah, fighting awesome. a lot of the time. And I think if you slowed this down and observed frame by frame, there's probably some lame moments where like some onlooker isn't attacking when he should be and stuff but it's just really forgivable in the context of the film like the feats they're doing physically are pretty impressive yeah there's so much going on we said in that first scene like you just want to stare at everything going around the fight as well it's like you kind of don't even notice that stuff because everything there's banners there's so much colors there's so many colors there's like everybody has huge sticks ready to stab him with it's just a lot going on in those (laughs) scenes a lot of stuff to look at rather than all of the i don't know mistakes going on agreed so after he he conquers the hand one and he like gives the master everything he can handle there's this like smash cut transition that i rewound and watched like four times The eighth chamber is the leg chamber, kicking techniques, um, super fast. Then the next one is the sword chamber. Do you guys remember anything about this like broadsword technique chamber? I honestly don't really. Clang. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what <laughs> it is. They're, they're clanging and uh, people are attacking him with like bamboo sticks and you just got to fend them off from all over the place. But yeah, that was pretty uh, quick pretty quick one and then there's the ninth chamber where it's like pretty similar Stabbing. but with staffs and like mm-hmm. you know whatever Donatello has when he fights in the turtles but um Bo staff. throughout this like the second in command and the master keep having this conversation about how Sante is like progressing faster than anyone else has before and well I love the word that they used too because it's such a foreign concept for for us Westerners to associate it in the negative context, but he says our student is ambitious. That's supposed to be like a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like right. he's, he's seeking mm-hmm. power and this is supposed to be like a place of like peace and study and, and slow progression where you have to mop the floors for a year for even learn Kung Fu. But I feel like he wasn't really, he was seeking power of physical power, but like he didn't seem ambitious to the point where he wanted to be head abbot. 
Agreed. And then the story goes out of the way to show him as a humble student too, multiple right. times. Like he's a great, uh, he's a great. He's literally like the perfect student because he's awesome. He learns really quick and he's super humble. So mm-hmm. yeah. And like in the bucket scene, he's trying to like help out his comrades when he can too. So yeah, I think that totally plays. Um, so we move on. He's he's like going rapidly, and they kind of just skip the next. Like we said before. 20 chambers or so and he's like done but before they're going to give him the rank of master or actually Pappy, deputy yeah what are they going to do here like what what are the stakes here the master throws out says, yeah this says reaching the rank of deputy overseer in the movie they say deputy abbot but he's allowed to basically uh run any chamber that he wants right he can be the head yep. of that chamber he basically so takes, he's just going to kick out the old master I Basically, guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about you. I mean, like we saw in the top chamber, like if you f- slip up in the slightest way, you're just sent to the back of the line. But mm-hmm. his request then is to wait. Is this where he? No, no, no. This is where the second in command like jumps up and is like, wait, no, yeah. not yet, right? That's what. Yeah, and you hit you hit on this earlier. You thought this was when this character got kind of unrealistically one dimensional, but. It's a pretty great scene. Like they These fight are my favorite the- scenes probably in the whole movie. What do you like about it, Brett? Well, first of all, the Wikipedia calls this guy the monastery's discipline chief. So I'm guessing in, like Pat sure. was talking about, Eastern culture, discipline's probably like one of the most, if not the most important thing. He's but, the Mr. Dawson um, of Concord High School. Right. He's the dean of the <laughs> abbot. Um, the dean of Shaolin High. <laughs> yeah. But um, I really like these scenes because, like, the guy's not. In, I think in like a, a again, I keep hate going with what Pat said. Like an American movie, this guy would be like a huge dick who's been trying to keep him down the whole time and taking cheap shots at him during these fight scenes. But he's really not. He just really wants to see if this guy's worthy. And like, he's almost pumped when he beats him at the end. Like he smiles. He's like, awesome. That's what. I, that's all I wanted. Plus, I thought the choreography was amazing. Like, I love that he he thought he was really good with the bow and he gets his butt kicked. Then he goes and he, I thought it was really cool. He's practicing with this. Has anybody ever seen that weapon before? It's like a head chopper off razor blade staff. Oh, it's sweet, yeah. <laughs> with a huge have, like, blunt dreams. object on the other side. He has like dreams <laughs> of that weapon too or something. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's he's going through it and he's like, oh crap, I can do this to him. This will work, this will work. And then he does everything he dreamed about and none of it works. And he's like, crap, I don't have anything else. So then he goes and then he sees some bamboo. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't. And then he makes, his, <laughs> he makes his own weapon. He rips a tree kind of out of its roots or something. <laughs> I think he headbutted it a few times. But then he, he uses that because the guy's not used to it. He's never seen a weapon like that. So he realized this guy was going to be able to beat every weapon he's ever seen. But that's why he invented the three uh, the three part nunchuck. So yeah, it's pretty cool though. It's awesome. Yeah. Mikey, what is, what is that weapon? Awesome. The the guy oh. the dub called yeah. it a three like a three part nunchuck. Now I don't know if Chinese would call it nunchuck because I believe nunchuck is is a Japanese term, but. That's what they call it, because that's what we know it as, but I have no idea. I think even the headmaster turns aside to like one of his underlings, and he's like, what is that weapon called? And the yeah. guy's like, 
He made it's it an himself. AR-15. <laughs> it's an AR-15. With a, with a bump stock. Oh, jeez, dude. <laughs> Edit point. No. Okay, so he defeats the second-in-command, Pappy, and the headmaster is like, you've done everything, now you can choose your chamber, and this kind of sets us off into the third act of the film, right, Pap? What what happens to our main character here, Santa? <sighs> yeah, and if I'll say one thing, the only, literally the only flaw, I think, in this film is this kind of third act. Um, and it's surprisingly long, too. Like, basically... Everything that we've talked about now is the part that I'm always going to remember from this movie. And there's actually like 25 or 30 minutes left kind of. But he, uh, our protagonist says that he wants to now run the 36th chamber. And then the headmaster is like, there aren't 36 chambers, only 35. And he wants to set up this 36th chamber that's going to be basically a school for the common folk of, of 18th century China to learn Kung Fu. And, and before we move on, yeah. he basically, the last scene is that he does get to do that, right? Yeah. He, he, he's successful in this, but, but the, the master's reaction to this, and probably in a move of like, you know, wisdom of like, he knows what he's doing, but he, he once again kind of goes for the fake out, like, you know, get out of here, uh, live life as a beggar until we tell you to come back. And that's how he leaves the Shaolin, Shaolin Temple. Yeah, I just brought that up because to round out that story idea that he wants to actually make the 36 chamber, which is like what the title of the movie is based on, it's just so flimsy because they actually never have a scene with like the master saying, what you did in your hometown proves your worth. Or well, There's nothing like yeah. that. But what I will say, um, again, I kind of grew up around martial arts. I'm fascinated by it. I still love it. Mr. Expert over here. It's a huge deal of that, though. Again, I'm not saying it saves... um, Like, when when Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was big in Brazil, like, people wanted to take it to America, and it was just so looked down upon. It was so forbidden. It was like, this is ours. We want to keep it here. Um, we, We want to be the only ones who can do it. And then it's like literally some of the Gracies went to America and they started the UFC and they took Gracie jiu-jitsu to America, which was really, it still looked down upon by some people, but so it's a really big deal for them to share their ancient wisdom with other people. Well, so. no, well, let me, let me clarify my, my complaint. My complaint isn't even that he wants to establish the 36 chamber. It's kind of what Josh was saying is that it happens right away after he defeats the big bad. But then there's also like, 15 minutes of like like assembling the crew yeah but we have no emotional attachment to these people who, who he's assembling like and I, totally assemble. get it. I thought there was some really weird <laughs> editing in this movie and the weirdest one was the end he like doesn't even beat the big boss it's just he like headbutts him now we know we know one of his headbutts <laughs> probably killed him. and then he literally it cuts really quickly to him like smiling oh it's an all-time cut it is <laughs> <laughs> because right before it cuts to the the temple of him like at his school he's got literally the big boss on top of his head flipped up and we're like underneath looking up at him like suplexing this guy with his head
I yeah. think he. It's great. I think he headbutts him in the paint first, and then he <laughs> yeah, flips he him like with his paint up. exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's this whole like kind of subplot in here where um, he, as a monk, kind of starts roaming the countryside back towards his hometown, encounters this like little battle, helps one of the people in the La Resistance. And that person like stabs the crap out of the second in command bad guy, like the prince general. I still or think something. I think he was the main bad guy. Like my opinion, I think yeah. he, they call him the chief, and the other guy is his general and his like chief of army and chief tormentor. But that's kind just how I saw it. Kind of to Pabby's point, they're just trying to do kind of too much here. There's like a story within a story of him doing that, and then kind of Sante taking. Um, personal responsibility for it like in the zero hour when they're about to like liquidate a lot more students and so I think this is like we don't need a dip d- deep dive because we're like an hour and ten into the pod but I do I really think this is the best fight scene um, do you guys have any favorite parts or I don't know a couple parts blew my mind and I'm kind of hoping you guys will mirror I- that I'm trying to think if I should point out. I actually took like one note, but maybe I should save it for after you guys talk about your favorite fight scenes. Is so. it a negative thing? That's fine. No, no, no. It's it's a super super positive thing. Are you talking uh, about fight fight scenes throughout the whole movie, or just these last 15 minutes? Because my favorite fight scene is probably the first one. I like that uh, jump down into the city square, and then he fights like a hundred people. And that kind of goes into my thing. Pappy, what about you? What's your fave? Uh, you know, but, but my favorite that's the thing though, is my favorite parts of the movie aren't the fight scenes. It's it's every single they're in, the, they're in the abbey, yeah. Training every single thing that he's doing as far as like a training activity is my favorite. I will say that it is it is cool in this in this final fight scene that, that you do get to see him use that weapon that he invented. It's just like we mentioned at the first chamber, it would have worked better thematically if like the headbutt's just kind of like one of the random tasks he learns. You know what I mean? It's not like extra significant mm-hmm. in any way. Like it should have been like the force throw, like the ultimate him finally coming into his own. Like the same as like when Neo flies off at the end of the matrix. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, whoa, yeah. like the superpowers is fully unveiled now. Like, yeah. Brett. And what about you? What were you going to point out? Okay. So like with karate or Kung Fu movies in general, or just, Fight, movies where there's a lot of fighting, I'd say the complaint I hear the most is why do they always fight them one at a time? Exactly. They have a 10 to 1 advantage and they send one person in. This is like literally maybe the only fight scene I could think of, except for like the Captain America in the elevator and the Winter Soldier, but where he is fighting somebody and all these people with spears are trying to kill him at the same time and it shows. It's just it's just something I've never seen before. I mean, he's dodging these people who are could kill him with one swipe and still fighting the main bad guy and he's ducking under. It's just it's it's so much more complex. It's so much more realistic. Now, did it maybe take away from your classic Bruce Lee fighting one person at a time and it looks amazing and it's it shows how awesome he is, but this is realistic because people always whine about it. There's one shot specifically where they're like panning with him and he's like in a fist fight with one of those closed close fist fights with the main bad guy. And mm-hmm. like there's guys with spears that are taking turns trying to stab he him. Ducks so he's under like, him. It's yeah, awesome. he's like punch, punch, punch. 
like duck, punch, 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 duck, and like the shot drags on for like 35 seconds, and it's like holy crap. I mean, there is a lot going on, but I like super appreciate how they did that. I don't, and you know what? Maybe that's what old kung fu movies are like. Because even at the beginning, I think Mikey was talking about that first fight. He's fighting this main guy, but there's so much more going on. He's dodging other people. Um, well, no, he's actually fighting the main guy by himself. But earlier, he's fighting like 15 people at a time, and they're all attacking him at the same time. Yeah. So I, I appreciated the crap out of that. It's a great point. I think that is a good note to end the plot section on. Like he. He chode slams with his head, the main bad guy, <laughs> and it, it does an all-time cut, and he's teaching his 36 chamber, I guess, that he always dreamed of. They don't really illuminate how like the politics of that work out or anything. But Hey, Pappy, I'm with you kind of like um, something you mentioned earlier. Sorry, mm-hmm. Josh. Um, they come back, and you waste like four or five minutes on these... No, you waste like 15 minutes in a row of the guy who's getting beat up like the slave. The guy who's like, oh, I don't trust you. And then he tries to kill him. And he's like, oh, no, I'm convinced. And he tries to kill him. And then the really (laughs) like almost unforgivable one is the alcoholic rice guy. Like that's way too long of a scene where he's in there like, no, I don't want to leave this house. This is where I live. I mean, you're right. You got three or four people that you're like, Mm -hmm. these people mean nothing to me. And this guy doesn't even need these people. He can I like kill all that these people guy. by himself. I like that guy, but why didn't they establish him in the first right. act? You know? Exactly. And you could have right. taken that last five seat, uh, f- taken five minutes from that and making the fi- uh, fight with the big boss more epic and an extra three, four minutes at the 36 chamber could have really helped tie up some stuff. And I'm, I'm racking my mind. I'm trying to play like devil's advocate of, of, of why that would be good. And maybe someone could say that establishes that he's, he's bringing Kung Fu to the people. But that's literally what the too. whole last shot is. You know what I mean? The whole last shot is mm-hmm. the 36 chamber. Like he succeeds in his goal. There's no, there's no reason to assemble that squad, which I do want to have one more last note on that last shot. Like, the movie ends like you mentioned, Josh, on a comedic note. Like there's one student who's slacking. Miller six. Miller yeah, six. Yeah, the drunk yep. guy. Got his hands on his knees. Gets like kind of punched by the other students. Yeah, and then like it literally says like Shaw Brothers, the end. Like on him, like kind of getting back into it. It's such a weird note to end the movie on. It's like whoa, it's over. Like he could have sought out, taken an extra five minutes and sought out some of his old buddies that maybe escaped that we cared about. Instead of three or four random people, he could or have like, like done a deep dive into the Tartar area and found some deep uh, splinter cell people that have been hiding out for six years. Because, but they're probably all dead. But sorry, go ahead, Mike. Or just like pull some guys, to, or have some guys defect from the yeah monastery and just come with him, and that would be it. He already has like five guys when he leaves the the monk group or whatever yeah it was weird know. it was an interesting choice because I, yeah i was like uh just like no we're getting towards the end of the movie and then like looking at the time left it's like whoa there's 10 minutes left and he's still messing around with recruiting people it's like right how's this <laughs> gonna just, wrap up i'm just with pappy the middle is so strong the second act is so strong i think the third act was going to be a letdown anyway but it was almost like an extra letdown one thing that Javi told me was that the way they wrote these movies was, you know, very simple in structure. Like, the hero's family's going to get killed, he's going to do training, and then he's going to become a monk master. And then they would fill in the gaps with, 
We want to do a bridge stunt. We want to do a, a headbutt into a chode stunt. We want to do these buckets <laughs> in the water stunt. And that's like how they f- like write the movie. And so write it by set pieces and then fit the story around it. Yeah, maybe that's kind of why it turns out like that. But I don't know. Uh, weird ending aside, I think it's time to enter yes or no's. Uh, let's go reverse of what we did at the top. Yeah. Of the so let's go west to east. Uh, there's, uh, for a young, for a younger millennial listeners, there's an episode of Spongebob where him and Squidward are kind of becoming artists and, and Spongebob is a much better artist than Squidward and, and Squidward's struggling and he's extra frustrated because he considers himself an artistic type. And at one point, Spongebob literally sculpts Michelangelo and Squidward's like, that's not any good. And so Spongebob leaves and then Squidward like takes a Squidward nose that he makes and throws it on the Michelangelo. And an art an art director comes in and he sees this piece of art and he goes, "This is a magnificent, but it has one flaw." And then he removes the nose and it's a perfect statue. This is like so close to being a perfect movie. It's just got one weird ginormous flaw at the end, and I don't want to beat that to death. But it's it really is almost a perfect movie. Other than that, so of course it's a very hard yes for me. One of my favorite movies of spoilers, and like I just wish it really? ended a little bit more. Co- like coherently but like like Brett said the middle is just so good I'm gonna watch this over and over and over again whenever <laughs> I'm like got free time that's great to hear because I was thinking I would love to you know whatever my spoilers reputation is I would love to move it from there to like kung fu movie guy so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that. Mikey you're next uh yeah I'll give it a yes um I give it props for the choreography and the stunt work, and the sets are really cool too. Uh, but I thought the plot was a little lacking, or maybe that was just like maybe lost in translation, which I'm sure there's a lot of stuff uh, lost in context uh, via Netflix's whatever automated uh, way to give us subtitles. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a fine movie. Um, regardless of like uh any weird pop plot uh problems it had um it was still enjoyable to watch and it was on my watch list because we had talked about this last week that it was in reference to like a wu-tang album so oh, yeah this is where i had first learned about it and i had had it in my watch list for a long time and never gotten around to it so it was good to see it and i'm glad i did and uh there's like what two more sequels to this so maybe i'll check those out and Mr. Wu-Tang himself, Brett. Yeah, the Shaolin was pretty cool, but they can't mess with that Wu-Tang style. But um, this is definitely uh, a pretty solid yes for me. I thought this movie was really, really cool. And I'm like, Pappy, I don't want to headbutt a Cho to death, but like the ending was <laughs> was kind of was kind of lacking. Um, but I, like I said before, the middle was so strong. I could probably watch that whole middle scene a bunch of times it, I just I think it's so cool and I don't I don't know if I even realized how cool it was until we started talking about it but um I think he's one of the cool like toughest characters ever I think the only guy who could ever beat him was a character he played in Kill Bill which is Pai Mei Ooh. Oh. I love Same to see guy? that fight yep him in the in that he's also the leader of the crazy 88s that's awesome yep same guy well if you get some time read about his his last like 10 years of his life uh, he's alive but 
he had a rough go of it. Um, he's had a rough go. Um, awesome movie. Again? I hadn't seen a kung fu movie. What? Who is that again? Sorry. His name's. It was American name. It's like his act name is Gordon Liu. Okay. But his Chinese name is definitely something else. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, he's uh, he's Pai Mei and he's Johnny, or Johnny I think from the Crazy Eighty Eight. So, um, awesome movie. I hadn't seen like a real kung fu movie in a long time that didn't have Bruce Lee in it, and I thought it was cool. Wu Tang forever. <laughs> cool book note on Wu on Wu Tang there, Brett. Um, I will give this a huge yes. Thanks to my buddy Javi for pointing this movie out Thanks, to me. Uh, one last thing I'll say about him is that he, Javi, pointed out that this movie is really influential, but also like because the main character is a monk, there's no like romantic interest that pans out, mm-hmm. and that seems to be like a real common thread for like Asian action heroes for some reason they never hook up basically like if you think about it they Bruce never Bruce Lee but that was a lot more Americanized hmm. but yeah I'm with you no Sorry. that just Who means more Bruce action up with? he does the one uh, gosh it's a movie where he's trying to save like his buddy's restaurant I think he has a lady friend but According to Javi, the closest it gets is Jet Li and Romeo must die, and him and Aaliyah, like, hug at the end. That's possible. I'm with you. I'll take Javi's word for it. I was going to say, I think Ip Man has a wife, but that's the only one I can think of. Lost episode. Uh, Donate $500 a month to our Patreon, and we'll release that shit, too. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot more. We'll give you a lot more if you give us that much money. But yeah, this I just want to say my favorite line from this movie was there's there's a, kind of like a throwaway scene I think after the kids die and they're all like back recuperating and one of his friends goes I should have learned kung fu instead of ethics yeah <laughs> after like literally his whole family has been murdered <laughs> like, yeah uh, that's like the catalyst of the yeah. of the movie that was a great great line though well anyway Mikey just to finish my yes or no. Um, <laughs> oh my bad <laughs> I, No just my last point is that like I think comedy is something that as time goes on it's It can be harder to translate But this film just cracked me up so much And so, such a joy to watch So huge yes And I now think we're ready to enter Trivial Ooh, 36 The 37th chamber Hey don't ruin the trivia Whoops. So, what's the order, Pappy, from most recent hosted to least? Can you please uh, fill me in? I most I most recently hosted on the room. Stevie, who's then not me. here, hosted Vision Quest before list. that. Then Darjeeling. Then Brett with seven, right? Yeah. And then Mikey with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. So, I guess Pappy goes first, and if anybody gets it exactly. Uh, I guess it's game over and you just win. But whoa! So the Ooh. question is, how many chambers were there in this movie? Uh, just joking, just joking. Oh. <laughs> I, say. To say. I love the fake out question. Okay. Oh, so you always do question? that, and I always fall for it. I yeah, sorry. I gotta stop doing that. Um, the real question is closest to. Uh, no Price is Right rules, just straight closest to. Um, we were talking about the Buddhist sutras earlier and memorizing them and knowing them by heart is one of the chambers. So how many sutras are there? Oh, um, crap. I have not even a ballpark idea. 
Me Sorry. I'm going to I'm going to say there are uh 57 sutras. Brett. Oh man. What even is a sutra? Just a song? I don't know. It's a text that includes uh, rules, reasons, logic, epistemology, and metaphysics. Usually there's a comma before it. Ah. What'd you say, Pap? 57? Yeah. I'm going to just go... uh, I'm going to say 100. Mikey. I'll take everything above. People people who are listening to spoilers for the first time this trivia is to see who gets to actually pick the next movie we review and make a podcast out of so Mikey where would he said really everything above me. so what he boxed me in big time <laughs> <laughs> what's your question or what's your final answer uh, I'll give Brad a little leeway I'll no. say, what'd you say 150 I said 100 100 I'll say 105 <laughs> thank you Mikey you gave him a little you don't need to give me anything for Christmas this year you just gave me my present okay so the actual amount of probably like 6,000 or something foristic sutras in the Buddhist Bible are 528 hey so, Mikey Mikey you are off the schneid finally Seemed like forever. I'm with you, Pappy. I thought I thought that could have been seven or seven thousand. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then I was thinking about how big those monks' books were. I was like, fifty was a stupid guess. <laughs> I should have gone way more. Mikey, you need a little time to think of the movie, so we're gonna toss to Spoiler Man, talk about Instagram a little bit and how lit it is. So take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Now you can check us out on Spotify. I'm no joker. Play me as a joker. Be on it like a house on fire. Smoke ya. Dudes be acting like the gangs anyway. Be like warriors. Come out and play. Again, it's the shit. I let it like diarrhea. Not burnt once, but that was only gonorrhea. And we're back. Uh, thanks for sticking through Spoiler Man. I know his audio can grate on some people. But Wait, what? <laughs> just joking. I love Spoiler Man. Uh, Who doesn't be- like Spoiler Man? Before we get to Mikey's pick. Who doesn't well, like Spoiler Man? <laughs> you don't want to know the answer, Pap. Specifically you. Just. <laughs> oh, jeez. Josh, why did you even? I didn't mean... We can... Do the art, we're back again if you guys want to. Who is it? <laughs> just move on. <laughs> Tell me who it is, then we'll just do the on we're back again. <laughs> we'll move on after the episode. So my brother-in-law said uh, I mean, Spoiler we'll Man sounded a little compressed, but anyway, I love Spoiler Man. My brother's a little compressed. <laughs> <laughs> None of the, we're not editing any of that out. That's hilarious. Anyway, before we get to Mikey's pick. I wanted to point out that we have a user named uh, Heather Nature on Spotify that we really appreciate. She's been watching some SoundCloud, of our SoundCloud, right? Oh, what did I say? Spotify? On SoundCloud. Spotify. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud, and she's going through some of our back catalog and commenting a bunch, and it's really entertaining. And I don't want to get into all the comments now 
maybe at some point we would, but specifically one I thought was interesting, you guys. She said that in the movie Nightcrawler, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character asked him to roll down the window so yeah, that the murderers that. would recognize him, shoot him, and Lou could get the shot he wanted to. So I feel like that was a Stevie question that went unanswered. So thanks uh-huh. to Heather, right, for nice. filling us in. Rice and turkey. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Heather Nature, for listening and commenting. We really appreciate it. Mikey, what will be our next movie? Uh, this is a movie that I have surprisingly never seen, and I like 80s action movies, and we're going to go with a classic 80s action movie. Rambo. <laughs> first Blood. You mean first, you mean first Blood? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, First Blood. Colin Rambo. It's a sad movie. Is it? It's just I don't dark, know anything like, about it. He j- he literally it's it doesn't no the spoilers. movie doesn't need to happen. You'll see. It like literally ten minutes in the movie you just I'm like excited. Just, just leave him alone. Cool. Hey Brett, do we even need to listen to next episode? <laughs> no, no, hold on. I'll tell you the whole movie right now. Um he's Rambo, he's awesome. That was spoilers. He's a, he's a green beret. Dang it. That was the, I think that's the end, actually. I made a folder already. Sweet. Alright, let me look up a movie. That was cool. We talked about that way more than I thought we would. Oh, yeah, it's been a, a long podcast. It's a good podcast. I liked it. Sorry. It was really funny, though. <laughs> I'm not mad. It was fun. It's cool. It's a good movie. It's a good spoilers movie. Because <laughs> it's like very like scene-oriented, too. Reminds me of Vision Quest in a weird way. I can't, I can't tell you enough how much Britney hated that movie. It's so weird. I could see people hating this movie too, like just not kind of liking the schluckiness. And that was. Know. She Tanya. couldn't stand the sounds. <laughs> uh, damn, I just, uh, I was thinking of movies this. Before and I thought I had one. Anthony Daniels needs a little boost in the movie club stats. <laughs> Just Anthony Daniels, right? who's that? C3PO. <laughs> oh fuck that guy! <laughs> Take your time, Mikey. Just pick pick the movie. It's right for you. I had two lovers. One was my friend, and one was my brother. <laughs> I love uh, in that movie where he's like talking to like the little bitch character and he's like, no, it's cool because I'm a cool guy and I trust you and I trust her. That's how cool I am. <laughs> What's that from? It's from The Room. The Room. Okay. I had to have been. All right. I'm ready. You happy with your pick? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Fast All and right. Furious 4. <laughs> okay, here you go. Hope there's no place to hide when I step inside of the room. Doctor Doom, prepare for the boom. Damn by. Three, 
two, one, go.